Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castillo. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again, so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Welcome to Living Proof. I am Bishop Joseph Castillo, and I'm coming to you today from our new world headquarters in Bonifacio Global City. And I'm coming to you on a special broadcast tonight, and this is January 29th, and we are coming to you to discuss the recent Wuhan virus or the Wuhan Corona virus. And I thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I trust that you will be blessed. Now, I'd like to start this podcast off by saying that there is a lot of mass hysteria going on right now. People are worried. And one of the classic principles of faith that is really being overlooked as the hysteria is, is, is really exploding. And we also have a recent Netflix special called Pandemic. And of course, we had uh, other Hollywood movies that have come out to uh, along the lines of these kind of pandemics and so forth. And all that is kind of feeding into the narrative. And actually, it gives people a sense of thrill something out of the mundane to liven up their lives and while it's a tragedy it's a guilty pleasure to sit and watch the news all day and to see as it spreads and it multiplies and disaster comes it gives people a kind of a, an adrenaline high so to speak and it's a, been a, a guilty pleasure but what they don't understand is that it's feeding doubt and it is feeding fear in any type of situation the principles of faith we understand that you need to guard yourself with the word of God. The Bible says in Psalms, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let me read that to you. It's actually in the book of Psalms, the very first chapter. And this doesn't mean just getting advice from business partners, but it means what you look at, what you watch, what is the, the podcast, the news streams? What is the voices that's around you? Like Job had a lot of voices around him. So it's not just talking about being with friends or associates who are ungodly or, 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 or boyfriends or girlfriends, but it's actually talking about what you hear being streamed into your ears and into your eyes. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel, 
of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. It goes on to say that if you do so, you'll be blessed, you'll prosper, your, your projects will not fall short. It says your leaves will not wither. You will not wither and die. You will not succumb to the spirit of the age. If your delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. The first thing that people do when they get a diagnosis that they have cancer or they get a diagnosis that they have some kind of a sickness or disease, they begin to go online these days and they begin to read about all the symptoms. People who don't even get a diagnosis do that. People who feel a symptom, Google the symptom. And I've been guilty of it too. But we Google the symptom. Oh, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. What can that be? Then you get on Google and you find out, oh, you have possibly some grave disease. Oh, that these are symptoms of some kind of terrible epidemic or these are some kind of you know, situation. You might have colon cancer. You might have this or that. And, and then fear begins to give roots. Now, anyone that understands spiritual things knows that the spirit of fear can bring something upon you that you do not have. You can be cancer-free, but begin to get so engulfed in the counsel of the ungodly, reading about cancer and the trends and how many people have it, and get filled with the spirit of fear, and begin to open up the door for yourself to have cancer. And all of a sudden, the spirit of fear will begin to work within yourselves to begin to deform and to form cancer. So we uh, have learned some of these things in the walk of faith in the last 70, 80 years about not watching the news. And not. And I don't mean not watching the news to see what's happening, but I mean watching the news all day long, hooked on CNN, hooked on BBC, hooked on Fox News. Those of you in America think that Fox News is God's news. No, it's still secular news. And we have this addiction to news, internet news, news feeds, buzz feeds, all kinds of things. And we are sitting in the seat of the scornful, walking in the council of the ungodly, ingesting the fear peddling that the world is peddling. Now, I don't blame the world. The world will do what the world does. Dogs will bark, cats will meow, pigs will oink. This is what the world does. But we are not of this world. We are from the a holy people, from uh, the nation of God, according to 1 Peter chapter 3. So it's important that now when we have a series of things like SARS, MERS, uh, swine flu, H1N1, uh, now it's the coronavirus, which... Uh, and it's, it's actually Corona means crown or the king virus. And we see all the reports. We even see recently that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had uh, did a test run to see what would happen if this particular virus, this kind of strain, this uh, Corona type virus, this is a kind of a flu virus. And I, I'm not a scientist, so... I might get some of the words 
incorrect, but this type of flu virus, this kind of H1 or H strain, there's H1N1 and then there's H5 and nine, and then there's different strains, but this particular type of virus, what would happen if there was one similar to the H1N1, or similar to the swine or the SARS, but had a higher contagiousy rate? What would happen? And they said that basically it would be a global disaster. Possibly 500 million people would die in this type of epidemic. And now we have this virus, which seems to be uh, something that is a very high rate of contagiousy. Uh, each person on average, I've heard numbers that give it, they say they transmit it from either three up to 13 people I've heard. Uh, this one is not recognizable in the first seven to 14 days. So in China and different countries, they're told if you have uh, come from China or whatever, or you've been around, you just landed, quarantine yourself. So like my mother-in-law, she just got back from Beijing. She went to her hometown of Mudanjiang, and they told her to quarantine herself alone in her house for 14 days. If she does not manifest a coronavirus, then she'll be fine. She's allowed to mingle with other people. So right now, she's locked herself up in the house, according to the counsel of the ungodly. Now, I'm not saying we should not obey those counsels, and I think that those type of precautions we should do in, in this time. We need to wash our hands with soap. We need to, uh, you know, uh, maybe if we go out certain crowded places, put on a mask. The, this is, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent. But it doesn't say to have a spirit of fear either or to peddle fear-mongering. So even though we should have a, uh, precautions, wash our hands, uh, maybe if we travel through China or so forth or we're in China uh, and in crowded places such as airports, train stations, have been around people from the Hubei, uh, district, ground zero, Hubei, uh, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea. I mean, you probably should take the advice. And I'd encourage you to take the advice, quarantine yourself for a couple of weeks, read the word of God, pray, so forth, but not in a spirit of fear, but just in the spirit of sound wisdom, sound medical science, sound wisdom, but not rooted in the spirit of fear. Now, the reason why I'm coming to you in today's podcast to specifically deal with this coronavirus is because I want to encourage you that this is not going to be the last time the pestilence strikes upon the earth. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24 that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars and there will be pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Just today Jamaica and Cuba had hit by a 7.7 earthquake. Uh, this is a series of earthquakes we just uh, here in Manila where I'm at about 30 miles south of us we had 464 earthquakes in, in one week and we had a, a min, min, miniature volcano eruption where, where lava and ash had spewed up uh, about 30 miles into the air so you know we're going to come into a time where there's going to be more pestilence there's going to be more wars there's going to be more earthquakes there's going to be more volcanoes so how are the children of god to live in these times what well, jesus said in these times not to fear let me read that to you here in the book of matthew chapter 24 
Let me read to you in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Somebody had mentioned that Kobe uh, was number 24, and he had died, and his jersey number was 24. Now, come on. You're getting a little bit too spiritual. And and God bless Kobe's family. His, his, uh, we, we, we just... Pr- we hope that him and his daughter, who we were uh, heard that had strong Catholic faith, have gone to be with the Lord. And we pray for the family members. But don't be so spiritual. His jersey number has, is not a sign. <laughs> Please. Amen. So Matthew chapter 24. Jesus was with his disciples. And they asked him in verse 3, when he was on the Mount of Olives... Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Interesting enough, there's a recent show also on Netflix called The Messiah, where this guy is claiming that he's the Christ. This could very well be a prophecy that Jesus foresaw would be multiply millions of people would see this show about somebody claiming that he is Christ. Now we know that it's a fictitious character, it's just a story, and it might be entertaining, but this is the spirit of the age where false Christs are arising. I think South Korea alone has hundreds of false Christs. So it says in verse 4, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. But Jesus instructed here, See that you be not troubled. Well, it's quite difficult not to be troubled when you see these kind of calamities coming upon your nation, neighboring nations, the nations of the earth. And the children of Israel experienced the same thing during the time of the exodus from Egypt as Pharaoh was being uh, hard-hearted, refusing to let the children of God be free. He was persecuting the ecclesia, the church, the called out people, which was the nation of Israel at that time. And his heart was hardened, very similar to what we have in China with President Xi Jinping, whose heart has been hardened and he's been persecuting the church, persecuting the Christians and refusing to give grace, arresting pastors, imprisoning them, and many of them are being severely mistreated in the prisons by local authorities and prison guards and so on, including abuse and all types of things. Fear, planting fear into the church, and now a pestilence, a plague, much like Pharaoh's Egypt, has hit Xi's China. And the church was in the nation that was being afflicted. And some of them had cried out and they asked Moses to stop. It's getting worse for us. So you see, the children of God can directly be affected upon judgments that come upon nations. But it says here in Matthew, Exodus chapter 10, how we are to deal with it and what is God's way of escape for his elect. Exodus chapter 10 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these signs before him, and that thou mayest tell in the ears of your sons and your sons' sons 
what things I have wrought in Egypt, my signs which I have done among them, that you may know how that I am the Lord. And truly, for generations, even today, thousands of years later, I'm testifying to my sons tonight as we sat around the table and we shared communion. I testify them how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. Truly, this prophecy of Jehovah is still, still perpetuating. Verse 3, And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Else if they refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring the locust into thy coast, and they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail. And you shall eat every tree which groweth for you out of the field. So these locusts were going to now consume everything, destroying all the vegetation, bringing starvation upon the land. So this starvation and these hardships had affected the ecclesia, the, ch the, the church, the called out ones, which that time was Israel. So we go over here a little bit farther down to verse 27. And it says that the Lord had hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he would not let them go. And Pharaoh said to him, Get from me. Take heed to thyself. See my face no more. For in that day that thou seest my face, thou shalt die. Pharaoh now is increasing the persecution, saying he's going to start to kill Moses and so forth. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well. I will see your face again no more. This was the last hurrah for Pharaoh. Will this be the last hurrah for Xi Jinping? Well, Xi Jinping might be waking up. He might be being dealt with by God. I saw yesterday on the news that Xi Jinping came out and said that the coronavirus is a demon. So at least he's starting to recognize that there is a spiritual dimension to this. But you can't fight the demons in the flesh. Now, if she had announced to the world that the coronavirus is a demon, then all you theologians who believe that the devil is not behind sickness and disease. Well, now here you have an atheist, an official communist atheist, telling you that this virus is a demon. How do you protect yourself as a Christian, as an ecclesia, when this demon has been given legal license to terrorize the world, to destroy nations? Well, let's take a look at that. We get here a little bit farther into Exodus chapter 11 and we go down into verse 4 Moses said this thus saith the Lord about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne even unto the firstborn of his maidservant that is behind the mill and all the firstborn of beasts and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was like it 
nor shall there be any more, none like it. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Watch that. Against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. I'm telling you, if you follow the instructions of Moses that God has given us, if you follow the instructions of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, not even your pets shall suffer disease and calamity. If you follow these instructions from Moses, from the Apostle Paul, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, not even your pets, because there ought to be a difference. Verse 7, the Lord doth put a difference. If the if Christians are getting the flu, the colds, if they're getting the sickness and disease that the world is getting, there is no difference. But my Bible says that the Lord doth put a difference. But if you're not following the instructions, if these children of Israel, this church, this ecclesia, did not follow the instructions for their home, there would be no difference. Are you doing this? Then maybe this is why there's no difference between you and the world. Let's take a look at what this is. And all these thy servants, verse 8, shall come down unto me and shall bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee. And after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before the Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, that they shall take to themselves every man a lamb. If you're listening to me, Repeat that after me and say, A lamb. In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. This will take place in your house. These are the instructions that Moses gave, Jesus gave, and I'm giving you. Don't wait for Sunday in the church. Take a lamb for your house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him go to his neighbor's house. If you live alone, if you're a college in a dormitory in Wuhan, then go to the three or four friends together in one dorm. Come together and do this. It says in verse 4, if your household is too little, then go to your neighbor's and take the lamb according to the number of souls. Every man to his eating shall you make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, 
and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And you shall take the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh, say eat the flesh, they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire and unleavened bread with bitter herbs they shall eat. So they were told that if they would take this lamb and they would eat this lamb and they would take the blood and apply the blood over their doorpost, that there would be put a difference between them and Egypt. But most people wait until Sunday to have communion. And most churches don't even have communion every week. We don't have communion every week in our church. We do it as we feel led by the Holy Spirit. But we don't expect you to do communion only at church every couple of months or every first and third Sunday. We expect you to follow the instructions of Moses and to every man take a lamb to his home and to have communion in your house with the Lord. If you do this, Moses said that he would put a difference between your house and Egypt. I am not fearful that this plague, that this coronavirus would come to our house because we are confident in two things. Number one, we are tithers. According to Malachi chapter 3.10, God says he'd rebuke the devourer for our sakes. And number two, we follow the instructions of Moses, the instructions of Jesus, and the instructions of Paul, which were to apply the blood of Jesus over our house. And as we do these things, God promises that he will put a difference between us and the children of Egypt or the people in the world being afflicted by the pestilence and the angel of death. Let me read this to you here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm going to read to you what Paul said about this cup and this eating of the lamb and drinking of the blood and the unleavened bread and so forth. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 23, Paul said, I had received of the Lord that which I also am telling you, that in the night that Jesus was betrayed, he also took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat this, is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when they ate this unleavened bread, they were eating the lamb. They were eating the male lamb. They were partaking of the lamb of God himself, Jesus, who in him is life, and his life is the light of men. When you eat of that unleavened bread, when you eat of that wafer, that cracker, that bread, after you have blessed it, you are eating of the very tangible Zoe life of God, the light of men you are digesting into your system. And verse 25 says, And in the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, 
you show the Lord's death till he comes. So Paul instructed us, instead of now uh, taking this blood and putting it on the doorpost, now we are to commune. We are to take this blood and put it in our mouth, drink it down. And let that become part of our biological system. Let it absorb into our, our physical body through the digestive system and have this oneness and communion with the body of Jesus, the lamb, and with the blood of Jesus. And he goes on to say here that when you take this body and you take this blood and you take this without examining yourself, and you take it unworthily, you are not discerning that this is actually Jesus' body. Because, and let me read that to you, so you know that this is what the Bible says. Verse 29, it says, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, if you don't realize, if you can't look at that cracker look at that cookie look at that bread and have spiritual discernment to see that by a supernatural miracle this has now become a, 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 a way for you to partake of the very body of Jesus if you cannot have that spiritual insight and faith if you cannot discern through faith and have that insight that you are taking it unworthily meaning you're just eating a cracker you are not putting the worth and the value in the body and the blood that you are taking if you just wine to you or just juice to you you are not putting the worth that this is actually a way for you to partake it's a point of contact in the natural world for you to partake of the divine blood of god and because in verse 30 for this cause not discerning not understanding the worth in the body this cause many get weak and sick and sleep or in other words die this is why people die of sickness and disease they don't know the life-giving properties in the body and the blood of jesus christ but if you do this in your home every man to take himself a lamb and do it in your home there will be a difference between you and Egypt. In other words, this plague will not come into your house. The plague of cancer, the plague of diabetes and high blood sugar and all these plagues shall not come into your house if you take a lamb into your home and put the blood over the doorpost by ingesting through communion in your home with your family or friends on a daily basis. Make communion a daily thing in your household and you'll see a difference between you and Egypt. The coronavirus is just one of the many pestilences we'll see as we approach the terrible day and dreadful day of the Lord. But the church will have a divine protection. The church will have a notable difference if they keep their tithe into the storehouse so the devil's rebuked for their sake and they put the blood they apply the blood every day through communion or a couple times a week or however you feel led by the holy spirit but as you apply that blood there will be a difference and the children of god in egypt they were spared the calamities of the world 
because the blood of the Lamb. You, my friends, shall also be spared in this world because of the blood of the Lamb. Have faith in that. Stand forward and reach out and be a hope. Be a deliverer. Be a healer for somebody next to you. Bring hope and encouragement. Show people the way, the truth, and the light where they can escape the calamities of this world too and know not only the love that's in God, but the protection that's found in the cleft of the rock. His name is Jesus. Thank you for tuning in today to Living Proof. Contact us. Send us an email. Connect with us. We love you. We're praying for you. Be safe. This virus is coming to a very quick end. There is vaccines or there is uh, not vaccines, uh, a cure that's being released very soon. And this thing will be died out and destroyed soon. But there's many more things like this in the horizon coming in the future. And you can protect yourself by applying the blood. We had to stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer. If I was there, I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way, like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. When I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. And his way is the right way because he made you. And he made you for a purpose. And he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart, to him right now together with me god can begin a new work in your life so just pray with me wherever you're at whether you're driving your car whether you're at home uh, wherever you are just just pray with me and repeat after me say father i come to you now in the name of jesus i ask you to forgive me forgive me of my sins Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. 
maybe help you find some local churches there online or something, or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening, and feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.